We uh, are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 in just a moment if you want to find that text. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, several of you have suggested that I should say a word about the Seahawks. Because I didn't speak very flatteringly of them last week. And, and since we last met, they've won two games. So, um, yay, Seahawks. Some days are more important. Some, some, yeah, some days are more important. Okay. <laughs> uh, how many of you had a religious moment yesterday with that long touchdown run? But, yeah, that's what I thought. So if you could have a religious moment like that today, that would that'd be good. And you'd go, well, perform that well, Scott. And we, okay. I, I'm so gone now. We, we, uh, how do we come back? We, uh, we're in a, a three-week series, so it's really quick. And we're in part two of how to have the time of your life. And uh, when we talk about some days are more important, basically we're getting at the idea that uh, there are priorities. There are things that are more important than other things. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, what we did last week was to say you really need to pray a prayer that the Bible gives us, that Moses gave us. And it needs to be a regular part of your life. It needs to be a part of your everyday life. It was a part of what we've been singing all morning, and that is teach us to number our days. Because the fact of the matter is, we don't know how many days we get to have. And God does. And so when we ask Him to help us, to teach us how to number our days, uh, we're not just talking about how to, you know, count them, but how to make them count. If we think that we have more time than we do, then we tend to waste it. See, what if you found out you only had a week left to live? What if you found out you only had a month left? You would be radically living differently than the way you're living right now. And so the question is, how do we live with that sense of urgency, that sense of timeliness? We have to have God teach us. We have to have God show us how to do that because we have limited time. Limited time means there's this much and no more. And again, God's the only one that knows how much that is. And so as he's teaching us, then what we are learning to do is, and the word of the day is, prioritize. Now, I had a little object lesson over here that I wanted us to do. And the band had a good time guessing what was under here today. They're like, uh, going to offer a sacrifice or what? No, nothing quite that dramatic. Um, and a lot of you have seen this before. But let this container that is filled with sand, actually it's half full, represent how you spend your time in less than important ways. And so it's only half full. Because I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that you only spend half your time in less than important things. This would be, oh, television, video games. This, well, for many of you, this would, the whole thing would be Facebook. Um, and, and you know who you are. Um, things like that. I mean, it's, they're not bad things. They're, they're good things. They can be fun things. To, they can be things that can bring a little joy to our lives. 
but they're not very important things. And if they went away, it would not be that big of a deal, right? You're going, don't take away my Facebook. Okay, we won't do that. But I have a bunch of rocks here, and these would represent the more important things, right? So like uh, children, and for some of you, grandchildren, and let's say we've got oh, a bigger one here for spouse, and we've got job, and we've got, well, maybe we have our small group and other important kinds of relationships, and uh, maybe we better have God in there. Well, as you can see, it doesn't fit, right? It's way over, it's over the limit. And we all have a limit. And we can't go over the limit. And so something's got to change here with respect to our time if we're going to be able to do what's really important. And, and you know how this goes, so let's start all over. Let's imagine that this is your life, and you go with the big things first. So for some of us, that would be God. And then that would be our spouse and then that would be our children and for some of us grandchildren and maybe uh, work and uh, small group and other important relationships and things like that. So I got the I got the big things in here. Right. And it all fits like that. Right. It's all within the limit. And I still got all this stuff I like to do, but it's not that important. And you've seen this. You know how that works. If I cannot make a mess. But all of this actually can fit in there when I put the big things in there first. And this would just hurry up and do it. All right. So... Level it out, and it it all fits, right? So you've seen that before. But the big things went in first. And so I think we would be in agreement, given what we just talked about and what you've, you've known in your experience, is that priority determines capacity. Whatever you prioritize determines what you're able to put into your life. Priority determines capacity. And if you prioritize the small stuff, if you prioritize the insignificant stuff, if you prioritize surfing the net when I ought to be having this conversation with somebody, then that's going to be your capacity. You will not have capacity for the important thing. You'll only have capacity for the small thing. But if you, have, if you prioritize the big things first, then most of the time you're going to have capacity for the smaller stuff too. And we're going to talk about how to get at that. Um, But just to highlight the fact that having God as the big rock that goes in first. Maybe you never think about God as a rock. But Moses and David did. And Psalm 18.31 tells us, For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? The first, biggest, foundational, the one we build our life on rock the psalmist also tells us in 63 1 you god are my god earnestly i seek you now seek is a word that you're going to see in the bible a whole lot the word prioritize does not appear in the bible ancient thinkers 
thought this way about the, the whole notion of prioritization, they would use the word seek. It's what I seek first. It's what I seek best. It's what I seek earnestly and so on like that. And so the psalmist said in 63.1, earnestly I seek you. You can really only be earnest about one thing. In Psalm 119.10, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. You can only seek with all your heart one thing. And then we're told in Proverbs 28.5, evildoers do not understand what's right. But those who seek the Lord understand it fully. See, right and wrong become clear. A lot of the gray is eliminated when you're seeking God first and best. And then Matthew 6, and this is where we're going to spend a good bit of our time this morning. Beginning verse 31, where Jesus admonished, so do not worry. Would you like to have a year where you worried less than last year? Where you worried less than five years ago? How do you get to a point where you worry less and less and less the older you get? Rather than worry more and more and more the older you get. Jesus said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Well, we've got to eat, don't we? That's kind of worth worrying about. Or what shall we drink? Well, that's pretty fundamental. I've got to have that. Or what shall we wear? How many of us are in favor that everybody keep wearing? Yeah. For the pagans seek all these things. Pagan is just a word that means non-believer. Somebody that hasn't had a relationship with God yet. Somebody that hasn't uh, come to a point where God is prioritized in their life, where they see how God is at work in them. Those kind of people seek all these things. They prioritize, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need this stuff. So someone has written a book about the atheism that is prevalent in Christians today. And by that, he's referring to the fact that we're all practical atheists in the sense that we say we believe in God, but we live like he doesn't exist. We say we believe in God, but we worry just like someone who doesn't follow and know God. And so we really have to kind of pause at this point and reflect, do you really believe? And I mean press in on that question, not just go to your default superficial. Well, of course I do. I'm in church today, aren't I? Is there evidence that you believe because of the way that you trust God? Because of the way that you don't worry? Because of the way that you have prioritized him. Is there evidence that you believe? If you really believe that God knows what you need, then why wouldn't you put him first in your life? Uh, Here's where we get into kind of some game playing with ourselves, not even so much with each other, but more with ourselves. You know, Scott, I do prioritize God. God is big in my life. God is the big rock. 
Where's the evidence? How does that affect the way you think about this world and the way you think about stuff and the way you worry and the way that you order your day and you spend your time? If you really believe that God knows what you need, then why wouldn't you put Him first, His desires, His plans, His kingdom interests, first. So as the passage continues, Jesus said, so seek first. Before everything else, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all of these things will will be given to you as well. Get the big rocks And get the God rock in there first. And all these things will be added to that. Priority determines capacity. So, will you? We're already at that question. Will you put God first? Will you prioritize God first? First, today, this week, this year, in everything. Now we're, we're getting so big, we're like, okay, well, how do you do that? I, I, you know, I, even if I wanted to, I don't even know how to do that. It's just so big. Note, I have to put things where they belong. And all that lesser stuff has to be put on a side burner, back burner, lesser spot. Because I'm confident that all these other things are going to be given to me. That's a promise. So that's, that's one piece. I put things where they belong. Lesser things go over here. First thing goes over here. But then will you devote, let me just bring it down to this simple piece. Will you devote to God the first few minutes of each day? Let's just do that. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you to do another thing but that right there. Will you devote to God the first few minutes of each day? And I, I'm not even going to prescribe to you what to do with those first few minutes with Him because you're smart people. You can figure that out. And there's a thousand books out there or you can surf the net, whatever. You, however you want to get the resources. How many of you are small group leaders in here? Let me see your hand. Ask one of these guys. They'll tell you how to put the first few minutes of the day into the Lord and your experience of Him. But I am going to invite you to just think with me for a moment about the Lord's Prayer. When I began to turn to the Lord and call upon Him in the way that Jesus taught me, and I began to say yes to Him, it helps me to say no to other things that distract me. When I say yes to Him, it helps me say yes to divine interruptions. See, stuff's always going to be interrupting. Stuff's always going to be clamoring and calling for your attention. 
And if I'm saying yes to God at the beginning of the day, then I'm, I'm able to say no to the stuff that I need to say no to. And if one of those interruptions, if one of those distractions is a God thing, I'm able to say yes to that. And it's easier for me not to worry when I'm saying yes to him. So when Jesus taught us how to pray, he basically, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it down to four words. I'll begin with the letter P because that'll be easy for you to remember. He basically said this, will you praise God? Now, you know how the Lord's prayer goes. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, etc. If you don't know that prayer, Matthew chapter six is where you find it. You're already in that chapter right now. And so when he says, hallowed be the name of God, the Father, he's basically praising God the Father. So when you spend your first few minutes with him, why don't you say a word of praise? Why don't you say a word of honor? Why don't you say a word of thanks? Something that is due him because of how great he is. And by the way, that begins to put everything else in perspective. If I am in the first few moments of the day saying how great he is, I'm at the same time saying how Less than great, all these other things are. And then a second P would be protection. We've just said, hallowed be your name. Praise be to your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Now, when you are committed to him first, and you're committed to his kingdom coming into this world first, His will being done all around you and in you first, that provides a great protection to your life. Because guess what? God is not going to allow anything to thwart His kingdom business. And so if my life has been committed to Him first and it's consecrated to His kingdom purposes, nothing can happen to me. You go, wait a minute, I know some people, stuff's happened to them. Nothing can happen to me unless it serves his purposes. And at that point, I don't want to have this big shield. I don't want to have this big barrier that insulates me. I want whatever to happen to me that advances his kingdom, that causes his will to be done in this world. So, for example... If God is first in my life, if he's the big rock, if he's the priority for me, then I don't worry about getting cancer. I don't worry about getting hit by a car or having a car accident and having my life taken out or being hurt and banged up and all this kind of stuff. I just don't worry about that kind of stuff. You say, well, what if you got cancer? What if you got in a wreck? What if you got all banged up? Well, in my theology, in my relationship with God, the way that works for me is that I'm in his hand, and if he saw fit for something to happen to me while I'm in his hand, then that is for the express purpose of advancing his kingdom, lifting his name, seeing his will be done. And I would want that to happen to me if it advances his glory and who he is. If he is the most important person in this world and universe, then the most important thing, is for him to be glorified, for him to be made obvious, for others to be able to see him and to be able to find him. And so I live a protected life because I'm in his purposes and in his plan. 
unless it fits his purposes and plan for something, you know, calamitous to happen to me. At which point I'm in total cooperation and agreement with him about that. Are you following me? We just went from 101 to 401. Okay? The matter of praise and protection and provision. Give us this day our daily bread. See, when I am committed to him, his purposes, his plans, his kingdom, his will, I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about shelter. I don't have to worry about clothing. He's going to provide those things for me. Now, it may not be the American dream version of that. Okay? It may not be the house in the suburbs and the spouse and the 2.3 children and the discretionary funds to take terrific vacations and things like that. It may not be that, but I will have what I need unless it serves his purposes for me to have some area of lack so that as I continue to praise him, as I continue to honor him, as I continue to prioritize him and somebody else sees that in my life and go, you don't have this and you don't have that and you still think God's great. Yeah. Maybe I need to look at God. So in the Lord's Prayer, we're taught, praise Him. Trust Him for protection. Trust Him for provision. Trust Him for pardon. He will forgive my sins. He will forgive your sins. He will cleanse us from unrighteous or incorrect ways. But not only is there that promise that he will forgive us, there's also that prescriptive word for us that we are turning to him for that. How do I prioritize him? I take a daily inventory in my life. Is my life in alignment with his? Is my thinking, is my speaking, is my behaving in line with who he is and what he's about. If it's not, then I need to confess that. I need to agree. This is offline. This is off kilter here. Friends, confession needs to be a daily part of our lives and our experience as followers of Christ. Not just where we're confessing to God, but where we're confessing to trusted others. Every day that we have uh, some opportunity to confess to God and to some trusted other. Here's where I'm getting offline. Here's where it's getting skewed. Now, friends, these are some of the ways that we prioritize. These are some of the ways that we seek him earnestly, seek him wholeheartedly, seek him purposefully, prioritize him. So how will you live? That's a whole lot of stuff, Scott. It's not really. See, the fact of the matter is, you already seek something first. You already do. And you're really good at it. You seek whatever you seek first well. You seek it consistently. You seek it diligently. You know, I didn't know what you're talking about. Then ask your friends. They know. They can tell you what they hear you say you worry about. What you worry about is what you are seeking first about. They can tell you how you uh, spend your money, 
what you yearn for and what you long for, what you'd like to have, what your dreams and aspirations are. Your friends have heard these things come out of your mouth. Ask your friend, what does it look like to you that I prioritize? They'll tell you. The fact of the matter is we all prioritize something. We all make something first. And it may be, even though it looks like a multiplicity of other things, it may just be my own sense of pleasure, my own sense of protection and safety and well-being. It may be a sense of, 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 of fame and being known and being well thought of and all these other kinds of things. The question I'm asking you is, will you make it God? I'm not saying you have to do away with all those other things. So if there's sin, you're going to want to do away with that. Some of those things are not sin. They just can't be first. So how will you live? Can you make a decision today to prioritize God? Stop seeking first something else and start seeking Him. And you know how the book of Revelation reads where Jesus says He stands at the door of your heart and He knocks. It doesn't say Jesus stands at the door of your heart and He's going to kick it in. This happens by your invitation. This happens by your cooperation. This happens by your willful choice. I can't and won't make you do anything. No leader around here will make you do anything. Jesus himself is not going to make you do anything. The question is, what are you going to do with the one and only life you have? There's limited time. If you're going to make the days count in that limited time, you're going to have to prioritize. And the scriptures admonish us to prioritize with God first. He's the big rock. He's what goes in first. And I'm asking you, will you take a baby step toward that by giving him the first few minutes of every day? Let's pray. Father, it's a pregnant moment. For some of us, something is about to be birthed in us as we make a fresh commitment. For others of us, nothing new and nothing alive will happen because we're going to walk away without a decision for you. So, Father, in this kind of warring in the heart and in the mind, I pray that your spirit would be compelling and convincing. I pray that your truth would be winsome to the heart. I pray that you would push back darkness and deception so that we can see things for what they are. And I pray for a holy yes all over this room in every life toward you. A yes that prioritizes you, that seeks you first. In Jesus' name, amen.